What's up, guys? It is Friday, October 9th, 2020. And I just realized, you guys probably realize, I look up in the right corner and check for my date because that's where my date pops up. So, you know, it's whatever. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not that good. I don't remember what date it is, even though I record on Fridays and it's stupid simple, but whatever. Shut up. Uh, how y'all doing this week? It is another week of, uh, insanity, of chaos, uh, disorder, all sorts of things. Um, not gonna focus too much or or talk too much because uh, I have a great guest today. Great guest, Connor Dragotis, uh, came on, had an awesome conversation with me about this little book, this little handy guide he wrote called Work for Liberty, which... You're going to hear a lot about in the interview, so why would I give you all the information about it right now? I wouldn't. It's coming up. Just be patient. Wait five minutes, and you'll get it from Connor himself. Uh, but it was great to have Connor on. Uh, he he wears many, many hats. Um, he, he, he does, he's got his hands in a lot of different things going on. Uh, he's run campaigns for candidates before. Uh, he works uh, in legal and law, uh, and... and um, Overall, just a great guy, though. Great guy to talk to. Um, And we had some great conversations, not only about his book, but about other libertarian, liberty-minded things. And uh, so I think you're going to love it. I think you're going to love it. But let's get the required stuff out of the way. Yes, Trump had COVID. He went to Walter Reed. He did all this crap. That was insane. This whole thing, Trump is such a movie reality TV star. Here comes the microphone. It's been out of a... It's been out of the thing. I'm just raising it up. Uh, Trump is such a reality TV guy that everything has to be reality TV. What what happens when he comes back from Walter Reed? Oh, we get this stupid little uh, highly produced, polished video package of Marine One landing in the South Lawn and him getting out and him walking up to the balcony and ripping his mask off like like he just conquered Mount you know Everest. And I just realized there that I say that a lot of the same references. You'll figure out what I mean in a little bit. Uh, but he rips his mask off triumphantly as he struggles to breathe because he's a 70-year-old man who just walked up a flight of steps and has COVID. So uh, there, there's lots of stupidity around that. Um, don't really need to talk about it, though, right? It's, it's, it's dumb. He still has COVID right now. He's talking about not doing... The virtual debate with Joe Biden, which would be over a platform like Zoom uh, and not in a, a building or a stadium. Not to mention the fact that the his first debate, their first debate in a stadium, didn't go so hot, did it? It actually, as somebody put it, I forget who on my Twitter uh, put it that way, but they said, I think America got a good look in the mirror and didn't like what they saw. And that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping. That's why I would hope that people vote for that right there. Even though a bunch of you are going to say, this guy's wasted his vote. This guy's wasted his vote on Joe Jorgensen. I'm not wasting my vote. I'm not wasting my vote. I wasn't going to pull up my Chrome screen, but I'm going to pull up my Chrome screen because I need to to show you how I'm not wasting my vote. Um, if my computer wants to cooperate, that is. It probably doesn't, so uh, it's beside the point. I won't pull up my Chrome window. Score for you, douchebags. 
but I can pull up my phone. It'll probably show on my phone, I think. Uh, right here. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. You. Okay, so my vote for Joe Jorgensen, right? My vote for Joe Jorgensen is going to cause Donald Trump to win the election, right? Right? That's what you're going to say, right? 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 You see that? You see that right there? That, as my Chrome window wants to envelop my, my, my thing, that right there is Delaware's electoral votes. And as you can see from 270 to win, this is based off of years of data and history, it's going to go to Joe Biden. The three electoral votes are going to go to Joe Biden. You know why? Because these are the stats from the last presidential elections. And this right here, see that? See that presidential voting history? Since 1992, Delaware has gone to Democrats. So wasting my vote in Delaware when it's going to go to Joe Biden and I don't want to vote for Joe Biden. So I'm not helping Joe, but I'm not hurting Joe either, am I, by casting a vote for Joe Jorgensen. At least I can go in the national tallies uh, as wanting something else, wanting something different. At least I can. So take your stupid little, you know, you're wasting your vote for the... Throw it away. Forget it. Because it, it, it'd be the same if I don't go and vote at all. Because the three electoral votes are still going to go to Joe Biden. So, booyah. Don't care. Just don't care. Now, as for the vice presidential debate, which many news outlets found it more important to look at the fly that landed on Mike Pence's head, that should tell you something about that debate. What can I say about it? I, you know, I have biases against Kamala Harris. I don't like her for her past previous record. I don't like the way that she addresses people. I think that Kamala Harris has this aura about her of trying to make herself look like she's being talked over so she can say, you know, grab lines like, I'm still talking. Like, everybody blew up about the I'm still speaking, Mr. Vice President thing. Go watch uh, uh, loads of Kamala Harris hearings, Senate addresses, whatever. She says the line often. 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 She says it a lot. So, uh, beside the point, though, you've had her and Joe Biden. They refuse to answer the question about will they pack the courts because they want to pack the courts. If they get elected and Amy Coney Barrett has been put on the court, if Amy Coney Barrett has been put on the court, they will pack the court. They're not going to say that, but they're going to pack the court. They're going to up the number of Supreme Court justices. It's just what's going to happen. You can look at my episode last week. Supremely important to see the pissing contest that's gone into play in politics there and and how it's the next step. It's the next thing to happen. Uh, but they won't answer the question on that. And then to talk about not filling the seat now instead of just staying on the rhetoric, 
or the rhetoric, however you want to say that word, instead of just staying on that and pointing at Republicans and saying, uh, Merrick Garland, you blocked, all right? That set a new precedent. You could leave it at that. You could leave it at that. Because the rest of the stuff, the Thurman rule, the Biden rule, all of that's bullshit. She dug all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. She had to go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln. That was her example cited as to why not to fill the seat. Abraham Lincoln running a civil war in a time of uh, maybe not the most turbulent time in American history because that's now, right? That's now is the most turbulent time in American history. But she had to go all the way back to Abraham Lincoln for that. And not only that, but... uh, as Dan McLaughlin posted in the National Review, she totally made up or was at least disingenuous about the reason that Lincoln didn't nominate a Supreme Court nominee to a vacancy. Uh, she, she claimed that Honest Abe said it's not the right thing to do in October 1864. Lincoln never said that. Lincoln never made an address to the people saying that he wasn't filling a Supreme Court vacancy because it wasn't the right thing to do. As Dan McLaughlin points out in his National Review column, quote, Lincoln, of course, said no such thing. He sent no nominee in the Senate in October 1864 because the Senate was out of session until December. He sent a nominee the day after the session began, and Salmon P. Chase was confirmed the same day. And Lincoln wanted to dangle the nomination before Chase and several other potential candidates because he wanted them to campaign for him. Lincoln's priority was winning the election, which was necessary to win the war. And he filled the vacancy at the first possible instant. So there you go, Kamala. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. So with all that, guys, you came for Connor Dragotis. You're getting Connor Dragotis. Get ready, because here we go. Welcome to the show, Connor Dragotis. Connor, welcome. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thanks for reaching out, uh, uh, wanting to come on the show. Uh, I, I've heard you on on other people's show, like Brian Nichols' show, um, Fagcast as well. Uh, and I know that you've done a host of other things too. So, but it means a lot that you'd reach out and want to come on my show and talk for a little bit too. Of course, are you kidding me? Uh, you know, good content is hard to come by, and that's something that you've got. So, uh, your audience is right in there, man. Don't sell yourself short. Uh, <laughs> you're yeah. you're you're playing on a bigger level than you than you're leading to here. Well, I, I appreciate the words, man. I really do. Uh, so tell my audience a little bit about uh, about who you are. Just, you know, mini biography. I don't need the A&E, Connor Dragotis untold story. Just, but, but who are you? What do you do for a living? Yeah, for sure. Uh, my name is Connor Dragotis, and I work for Liberty full-time uh, in one form or another. Uh, I'm someone who has a background in finance. I'm a college professor uh, as a side hustle. And uh in my nine to five and in everything else that I do, uh, my goal is just to make the world a little bit more free. Um, so that's really the, the whole of it. I'm a native Mainer, but uh, I've been in Pennsylvania now since 2009. And uh, it's really, in my opinion, now is the time for Liberty to make some serious strides forward and, and make this world a little bit of a better place. I, I want to piggy off that line. I, like it, it really does. You hate to hear that like this is the 
most important election of our lifetime, the most overused line uh, in the book. But uh, the things that are happening this year, like all around America, just just there's cities that are on fire and people protesting and rioting every night. Uh, you know, Portland hasn't stopped for over 120 some days. Uh, we have that going on. We have this COVID business going on, lockdowns everywhere. People are unsure about what is going to happen in their lives. Probably out of, out of all the years of my life, of my life, I think this is probably the height of people being uncertain about things. I don't know how you feel about that. I couldn't agree more. I mean, uh, some of the stuff that I've seen this year, you know, I've been working in my home office for, uh, you know, more than six months now. Uh, and, and one of the things that I've seen from friends, from family, from people who also care about liberty, and then also some people who really don't care about liberty one bit, is uh, everyone's struggling just the same. Uh, everyone's, everyone's struggling with a, a lack of connection to other people. And it's, uh, I think that's part of the problem. Uh, as we see politics continue to get messier, uh, people are realizing maybe their jobs aren't giving them purpose. Uh, they're realizing what they're doing with their lives seems kind of meaningless and, and they're not able to supplement that with human relationships. And I mean, I think it's so important to say to, to all of your listeners and to anyone who's important in your life, you know, you are not alone. Uh, everyone's going through stuff and, and don't be afraid to reach out for help. Uh, it's too important. Uh, to find purpose and and pick up our people when when things don't look so great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, This is, uh, do you think, do you think just because of how things have played out? I mean, America's big. This is one of the biggest points that I go to in being, you know, and having a liberty mindset, uh, mainly just on on a federal level, like, like, there's so there's so many different states and regions and things that are going on. And to, to me, at least, thinking that there's some kind of uniform approach to handling something like coronavirus seems a bit silly to me. I don't, you know, like, th- this is this is a huge country and some of the biggest hotspots uh, were isolated areas, not, you know, it wasn't like every single solitary state mm-hmm. had the same numbers or anything going on like that. Like, obviously, New York you know, would have to do something different because of how large they are and all the business that goes in and out of New York, not just, not just domestically, but internationally as well. Uh, And and it baffles my mind when we talk about COVID, when we talk about the approaches and how to handle it and all that, that like right now, Joe Biden's on, on a debate stage talking about, you know, mandatory mask mandates nationwide, going back into lockdown and it's like people don't know when relief is going to come. Yeah, everything's totally uncertain. And actually, this is, I know, you know, I, I came on here, obviously, to talk about my book, but you are actually just hit on a topic that uh, I, I'm just about to publish an op-ed on. Uh, so I feel like this is just so relevant for what you're talking about, um, because the number that, that I want to point to is you said that these blanket solutions and the way the world is um, where the, you know, New York is different than Wyoming right? Uh, it just is. And, and in the course of doing some research for this op-ed, um, I, I'm making an argument for a lo- more local scale of governance. And I think one of the most impressive numbers or most important numbers to look at is, uh, you know, the model that this country was founded on is local control. And, and in the formation of this country, when the total population of the 13 colonies in 1776 was 2.5 million people across 13 colonies, 
uh, in order to have that same localized scale of governance, we need to have 1,560 individual states uh, today to make that at the same scale. And it's just a different world that we live in. And, and we're kind of struggling, I think, in that growth phase of what do we actually do when people don't feel a human connection to the governing structure that's running the show? We, we get lost and we find our own tribes. And that's been the rise of partisanship and tribalism that's it's eaten us alive. No I, no, I agree with that fully. And it's amazing. It's amazing how many people I'll talk to for example, who are originalists, you know, going back to the constitution and, and how they want things set up. But I think it's kind of silly if, you, if you're approaching it, thinking that there's not some amount of evolution that's going to take place. I mean, America, it can't be the same as it was in 1776 as it is today. And it's not going to be the same today as it is 50 years from now. Uh, that, that's part of what drew me into, into the liberty movement because, you know, I guess you could say it's this realization that at some point, you know, things have to change, things have to evolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just how we go about doing it and, and how we accomplish it. So I imagine that plays into a little bit about uh, Work for Liberty. Uh, why, don't we, why don't we dive into that? So, so Work for Liberty, what is, what is Work for Liberty? Yeah, uh, Work for Liberty is a book that I just wrote. Uh, it's available on Amazon now, and it's real simple. Uh, I published this because I know for a fact that there are people out there in the world who want jobs working for liberty, and I don't think they know how to find them. Uh, but I want everyone and every one of your listeners to rest assured there are hundreds and thousands of jobs out there uh, where you could be working for liberty uh, on an everyday basis. You can be getting paid to have a full-time career advancing the principles that you care about. Um, speaking honestly, uh, you know, necessity is the mother of invention. And, uh, this is a book that, that came out of a rather difficult time in my life, uh, three years ago, uh, this was July of 2017. Uh, I was working in sales, uh, for a staffing company and, uh, I was laid off and, uh, I found myself with no income. I had a mortgage. Uh, I had to put food on the table. Uh, I I didn't have any, I wasn't married at the time, but you know, I I had financial considerations and um, I was very lucky to have the support of friends and family and a a girlfriend who became my wife, but I committed to not ever taking another job again in my life that didn't pursue purpose, that didn't pursue liberty. Uh, and, And I spent six months uh, living off my savings, uh, eating away at, at the money I'd saved up um, before I found a job that I'm still in, that I love, that I'm able to do every single day, protecting people who have been hurt by public sector union officials. Um, and what I realized about a year ago, this is actually uh, before the whole COVID thing happened, uh, I started looking through some of my files from, from that time. And I realized, man, I have a lot of resources. I have a lot of links. I have a lot of uh, firm names. I have a lot of information that I found over uh, six months working full-time to find a job that are hidden in the dark corners of the internet. Uh, I'm guessing someone else could use these. Uh, And that was the basis for the book. Let's pull them together. Let's get them in one place. And let's see if we can help some people get jobs that actually matter uh, instead of doing stuff where you feel like you're wasting your nine to five doing something you don't care about. That's actually, that's profound that, so this all started 
from you being probably thrust into the roughest position that you could have been in your life, essentially? Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, I feel so lucky um, to have had the, the support, uh, you know, emotional support from, from my family and, and from the people around me who um, believed in me over, over six months of, of me saying, you know what, no, I'm not going to take a job just for the heck of it. I'm not going to take this uh, even if it would, you know, pay a couple bills. I'm going to do something because it matters. I felt very uh, disappointed in, in myself in some ways that I had not already been putting my foot down uh, and pursuing purpose. And, and all of a sudden I, I viewed it as, yes, this is arguably one of the worst times in my life. This is a, a real struggle, but what an opportunity, right? When, when you feel like at, you're, you're at the bottom, there's only one way to go. Uh, so you might as well make the most of it, get busy doing it. And, and you know, my goal with this book is that you should not have to spend six months pulling all these resources together. You should be able to, you know, pick up this book, get after it and, and flip through these pages and, and actually be able to find these while you're working another job, not having to give up your income while you are uh, looking at a job search that shouldn't take months. It should take weeks um, to find things. It should take days to identify key opportunities that you want to pursue. Uh, if I can cut that time down for other people and I can prevent other people from struggling like that, especially in the middle of a worldwide pandemic, heck yes, let's do it. Liberty movement should be a movement of people that lifts each other up. Uh, and there's enough bickering going on. I'm, I'm all about breaking that cycle and doing something that's going to make the world a little bit better. No, that, that is, that's great. And not only that, because I want to touch up on, on what you said about uh, resources being hard to come by. Like you, you really have to put in a lot of work mm -hmm. for, uh, for job hunting. Uh, I think I, I've been in my job for eight years now. Um, I, if, if I had to hit the books to, to figure out what to get to find something that equals to that's equal to what I have right now, I don't even know where to begin. I would be panicking probably yeah. uh, trying to figure that out, let alone, uh, let alone the, the aspect that you've crafted this to take somebody's passion about liberty because let's face it, liberty-minded folks in this community are very, very passionate about <laughs> what, they, what they believe, what they talk about, and, and, and their convictions. They're very, uh, they are very um, principled. Uh, in a good yeah. way. Yeah. I actually, so to piggy off that, it's almost like if you love Liberty so much, why wouldn't you find a way to benefit from it financially? Yeah. Right. Well, I think so much of us, so many of us get beaten down into this, I guess two things. One, so many of us volunteer, right? Hey, I'm volunteering for campaigns. I'm volunteering with organizations. I'm trying to start my own organization, but it's not paying the bills. When things get hectic though, those are going to be the first things to go. All right. I mean, people are going to have to give up the things that aren't, aren't putting food on the table because there are some basic necessities in life. And a lot of them include uh, needing an income. Um, the other part of this, I feel like I need to make clear is I'm doing this pretty selfishly, right? I want some allies getting paid, right? I want people who are doing this full time because it's exhausting. You know, when I want to, to connect with people and they're saying, oh man, I got to, go do my job that I hate that's not advancing liberty. Heck no, get out there. And, and the, the final perception there that I, I just want to make sure I hit on is a lot of people believe that uh, because it's something that has purpose and passion uh, that you can't really get paid a good living to do it. 
Uh, and that's absolutely not true. People are making easily into the six figures uh, in salary fighting for liberty. And that's, that's a very real possibility. So uh, you, don't, you don't need to be broke uh, just to do something that you love. Oh, no, that's a, that's a great, that's a great point. So without, without everybody suddenly flocking and going, wait, this is the answer to everything. <laughs> what, what, give me, give me a taste of, give me a taste of work for living. Give me a taste of some of the resources that are in here that, that could be at somebody's fingertips. Should they, you know, be motivated to, to, to look at this? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, you know, as I mentioned uh, earlier, I'm a, I'm a college professor. I work as an adjunct, as a, as a side hustle. And what I teach is uh, business communications uh, at, a, at a university in Pennsylvania. And uh, some of the things that I've found uh, that have been very helpful for undergrad students are actually also included in this. So uh, in this book, yes, there's lists of recruiters, uh, law firms, nonprofits, think tanks, policy organizations, grassroots organizations, student organizations, uh, advocacy groups. Um, but uh, the beginning part of the book covers some of the really important basics that, that sometimes get overlooked or were never taught to begin with. Things like, how do you make a great resume? How do you write a great cover letter? What does it look like to ace a behavioral interview uh, and, and this book actually walks you through situation, behavior, outcome, how to structure your answers to be successful and impress people. Um, the average human resources representative looks at a resume for seven seconds before they decide whether or not they're going to continue on it. Seven really? seconds. Yeah, it's a, that, I mean, that's, that's the number. Uh, and, and what that tells me is you need to have a great resume when you apply for a job. It needs to stand out, convey something quickly. Uh, you know, these are tactics and strategies to, to get past that first hurdle. I know so many people who would be amazing employees, amazing managers, amazing leaders of organizations, but they struggle to get an interview simply because they aren't covering the basics. So um, my goal with this book was to cover both. Let's make sure that you have the tools in your tool belt to be successful, get your foot in the door, uh, and then let yourself be the star that you are once you're, once you're at the interview table. This, this sounds like a pretty good resource to, to, Focus in on on exactly what uh, recruiters would be looking at. Am, am I right? Absolutely. Actually, you know what? I'll, let me throw in one more thing here, only because it just occurred to me, and I think it's so important. Um, this is not just a book. Uh, one of the things that we have already found, or that I have found, uh, I say we, because along with this book is a community. Uh, we have already formed a Discord server uh, on on day one with the book launch. Uh, where new jobs, resources, internships, and fellowships are posted in this Discord server every single day. And they're all jobs that are related to Liberty. So you get them first pulled from dozens of different sources across the internet. And probably most importantly on this Discord server, which anybody can join, it's free to join, it's free, free to be a part of, um, is we already have uh, over 30 people in there who are helping each other find jobs. So someone will post a question in the general chat saying, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? We'll get answers under there. Just talking about uh, different tips and tricks. Uh, again, like I said, if the Liberty movement's going to be a, a movement that's successful, we need to help each other out. And, and I'm hoping that this is a community that people can join uh, because they want to help each other out and they want to seek out resources to get what they need. So I'll send you that link. Uh, if, you, if you wouldn't mind throwing that in your show notes, we'd love to grow that group to hundreds and arguably thousands of people just helping each other find jobs and resources and uh, helping each other succeed. 
No, yeah, definitely send the link because uh, I'll shoot. I will join that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, because uh, I, I would, I would, I would ask. Do you think these resources and these resources in networking probably are the two biggest key things in in job hunting now and in, in finding you know career pathways and stuff? And I think honestly. You know, I feel kind of cheated because, you know, I went to college, I got my bachelor's degree, and I feel like they bypassed all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel like it didn't prep me at all. I feel like people don't get the preparation at all, you know, and I think that's probably a big factor in jobs numbers that, that go on that, that we hear politicians raffle on about every day. You know, there's jobs out there there's people looking to hire people and it's not just you know it's not just dust off jobs you know that you would pick up and then leave you know revolving doors or anything they're jobs that that people would want to get in that would be happy working them that would have you know that sense of fulfillment that they would get from it but it's just do you think it's just too hard for for one person especially if they don't know to figure out how to compile it all and how to make themselves stand out as, as, you know, the premier candidate. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. I'd say two things. One is, you know, I, I dealt with that myself, right. Over that six months, I think one of the, I was so optimistic in the beginning. And, and what I realized very quickly is I'm less connected than I thought I was. Right. It's who, you know, not what, you know, sometimes. And, and if you can pick up the phone right now and uh, you know, make a phone call and get a job overnight, Hey, I want you in the discord. Cause I bet you can help other people. But if you're not that type of person, uh, then yeah, some of the tools in this book and in the people in this, in this Discord community can really help you succeed. Um, the, I, I guess the other part of that too is I think a lot of people think about the liberty movement on like uh, when they think about think tanks and these policy organizations and they think, man, you know, I would be interested, but I have to have a PhD. I have to have a crazy degree or I have to be just a thought guy, like not an action guy or not a, you know, you, they, they think of it as, as this one type of job. And, and I'd also want to dissuade people from that line of thinking. These organizations are organizations that need everything from administrative assistants to graphic designers, to video production people, to podcasters, to writers, to just great managers, operations managers, human resources managers. I mean, they're businesses, they're organizations that, that come with all the trappings of, of every other business. Uh, so just because you're not a policy person, uh, doesn't mean that that there's not a home for you in one of these organizations doing amazing work and still pursuing your principles. So um, part of this effort is, heck, let's think bigger. Let's make sure people, uh, even if they decide, hey, I don't want to work for Liberty, at least they're doing it uh, in a way that's educated about what's out there and then making the decision, not doing it because they don't think that they can. Yeah, not 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 deciding to do it because they think it's Mount Everest or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, um, obviously, like you said, it's more than just a book. You're building up a community. Um, are the resource, I guess more resources come into play with, with that as well. You said a discord chat. That's, that's a chat app for the people who don't know out there. Um, that, that, that's like a community thing, right? Yeah, totally open. Anybody can join. Obviously we have moderators to, you know, make sure that uh, if anyone's spamming or anything that that's, that that's cleaned up, it's a high quality community. Um, but it is a diverse community of professionals who work in a variety of different industries. 
Uh, and I think, I mean, the coolest thing for me so far has been we launched the Discord and two hours later, we were already making the first introduction to someone who was in the middle of their career, not working for Liberty at all. Uh, but we got him hooked up with uh, a potential fellowship uh, to learn more about his career options. Like we're already seeing wins, uh, which is uh, amazing. And it's all the credit to good people who are helping each other in that server. Um, yeah. And to speak to that too, Discord is like Slack, right? Many different channels, many different things. So that way uh, you aren't just getting hit with like a text stream. Uh, it's segmented conversations. So you can arrange it by topic and uh, right. That way your job listings don't get mixed up with your internship listings. And those don't get mixed up with the education resources and training opportunities in there as well. Very good. Uh, so with that, I kind of want to piggyback to some of the things that we were talking about because yeah you said now more than ever it seems like liberty is the is the way to go so is this kind of like do you think this is a good method uh on two fronts almost like helping people get jobs but also opening people up to the liberty movement do you think it ha serves a dual purpose yeah i mean i think there's 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 always a tipping point in any movement right i mean uh you there's the famous ted talk about the first follower being more important than the one who founds a movement right it's the person who buys in and, and gives social credence to everyone else to join in as well and, and i think that there's a really important moment that is yet to happen where people are working for for liberty on a full-time basis and those are the conversations that are happening over the holidays right when someone you know someone says, oh, what do you do for a living? Oh, well, I help uh, protect constitutional rights. I help protect students who have had their rights violated on campuses. I'm out there knocking on doors for candidates I believe in, right? Like all of these things, all of a sudden people are saying, wait a second, this guy's doing really well. And he's doing something he loves and he's following. It's just a mindset. And right now, unfortunately, so much of the liberty movement uh, is treated as a fringe movement. And it's really not. Most Americans agree with the foundational principles of liberty and individual responsibility and people bettering themselves. And also really important here, people bettering each other voluntarily, right? That's something that is so often overlooked. The liberty movement being a movement that lifts each other up. We're doing that because we want to and it's because it's the right thing to do. That's an amazing model to be able to share with people uh, because it, it truly resonates uh, when, it's, when it's expressed in the right way. So, and you said you've worked on campaigns. Are you working on any campaigns this election cycle? I am not. Uh, you know, it's uh, a variety of things. My wife is an emergency room nurse with co concerns about COVID. Um, also, it's just a very busy time uh, with, with many other things going on. I have not. My only claim is uh, I've been able to help Joe Jorgensen get a few media interviews, uh, which I've been pretty happy about. So uh, that's, that's the extent of it this year. That, that's cool though i mean that is that's very important and i've had the opportunity myself to have joe jorgensen on this very show uh awesome awesome lady uh and i'm glad i had the opportunity to extend to my audience and other people you know that message of liberty uh to, to have that i can't even imagine what a campaign would be right now anyway i mean it, it's like everything's discouraged like Luckily, Joe Jorgensen and Spike Cohen were in Delaware uh, over the past week, and I know that they were up in Philly as well, yep. uh, which it, it's nice to be able to see some some amount of public gathering happen, you know, and it happened peacefully and, 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 you know, not be, you know, 
the subject of, of you know media scrutiny or whatever. It, it's nice to to see that going on, but it, it's still it's got to be rough right now for a lot of people running campaigns, especially if it's their first time running a campaign. Uh, in this kind of environment where people, I feel like people don't even want to go knock on somebody's door right now. You know? No, I mean, I, I'm not sure that I'd want to open my door for a random stranger either. Right. For a million different reasons. It's, it's, it's a tough environment. Uh, there's, there's something in the air culturally that's uh, very difficult. Uh, and, and it's, it's really tough. Partisanship and, and factions are not a healthy way for us to be as it doesn't lead to a united country. So uh I mean, I've been accused of being an optimist and I'm still an optimist, but uh, man, uh, yeah, I, I know it's, it's, it's tough out there right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as we get ready to wrap up here, any, any thoughts about what's happened over this past week? Uh, not, not much has happened really. Uh, we've had Trump come down with the COVID. He went to the hospital. He came back to the White House. We've had a, a, a vice presidential debate that was somehow more civil than the presidential debate. But <laughs> I mean, any any thoughts from 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 Connor on on anything going on right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll leave it with a glass half full mentality, which is, you know, things might seem terrible now, but you are not alone. That uh, you know, there is a whole network of people out there uh, interested in supporting each other and helping each other. So. Um, I am of the belief that things will probably get worse before they get better. Um, but that doesn't mean that, that we should lose hope. There's so much good in this world, right? Be a rational optimist look at all the, you know, uh, incredible statistics about the way the world is getting better. And, uh, if you see something that gets you excited, see what you can do to be part of the good instead of part of the bad. All right. Well, where can my audience find you online? And I mean, social media websites, uh, where can they buy the book? Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, Work for Liberty is available on Amazon. Uh, you can also find a link to that uh, through my website, connordragotis.com. I'll make sure you have the spelling of that in the show notes as well with my last name. Uh, and uh, you can find me uh, on social media everywhere at cddragotis. Um, get all my writing there and uh, please join the Discord. We'd love to have you and, and grow that community. All right, guys.